friends and welcome to all of our new listener friends today. This week we're moving on from Paul's writing and now we're reading in the epistle of James. Fact check! James is one of the sons of Joseph and Mary so he's Jesus's half-brother. James was one of those special people who Christ appeared to after he was resurrected. James became an apostle and, according to early Christian writers, the first bishop of the church in Jerusalem. His influence in the church was no doubt strengthened by his kinship to Jesus, yet he showed humility in introducing himself not as the brother of Jesus, but as a servant of the Lord. We are very excited to get to learn from James this week. But, as per usual, let's start today's episode off with a game. This game is called, Who's the Kid Hero? We will describe some kids who did amazing things. Can you guess who they are? Who is this kid hero? This famous composer wrote his first symphony at the age of eight. This kid hero is... I also brought Mozart to play where he sleeps to make him smarter because leading experts say Mozart makes babies smarter. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. At age 17, this peasant girl received divine inspiration that led the French army in battle to win victory over England. This kid hero is... She's the patron saint of France and a symbol of determination and courage far and wide. Joan of Arc. At the age of just 15, this boy invented a reading and writing system that was intended for blind people. It was actually named after him. This kid hero is... After learning about night riding based on the code that soldiers use to communicate in the dark, Louis adapted it by taking the 12 dots down to 6 dots and created the Braille code that we know today. Louis Braille! This girl was just 17 when she won a Nobel Peace Prize for being a female education activist. Who is this kid hero? I'm so honored to receive the award. Girls' education is banked in Afghanistan at the secondary level, and we want children to have alternative means of learning in this time as we push for their right to have access to education in, in a classroom as well. Mulala Yousafzai. Okay, this kid hero was one of the most well-known pharaohs in Egypt. This king inherited the throne at just nine years old. Who is it? One of the most famous kings in history was only about nine or 10 years old when he became king. His name was Tutankhamun. King Tut. This soccer great was just 17 years old when he won his very first World Cup. This kid hero was... I promised to my father, I'm gonna win one World Cup for you. Don't worry, I was nine years, nine to 10 years old. Then eight years late, to 17 years old, the Brazil won the World Cup. That's a gift for God. Pele! At age 15, this boy became the youngest chess player in history to be named Grand Master. That's the highest title in chess that's possible. This kid hero is... Well, let's play chess. Checkmate! Bobby Fischer! And finally, at just age 14, 
this farm boy went into the woods to pray and ended up starting the restoration of Christ's church on the earth. This kid hero is... One day, while studying the Bible, Joseph read a verse in the New Testament that said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Joseph Smith! Isn't it crazy to think that we are only a few years younger than Joseph Smith was when he read James in the New Testament and was inspired to approach Heavenly Father in prayer? Yeah, what Joseph did was pretty amazing. Since we've been studying the New Testament for so long, let's refresh our memory about Joseph Smith and his first vision. When Joseph Smith was a boy, he wanted to do what's right and he wanted to follow Jesus and keep the commandments. He wanted to find a church like the one he read about in the Bible. So he started going to all the churches by where he lived. He really wanted to find the one that was Christ's church. But none of them seemed to be the right one. But Joseph kept searching and he didn't give up. One day when Joseph was reading the Bible, he found a scripture that told him what to do. The scripture said, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Joseph kept thinking about that scripture, and he knew he needed to pray and ask God which church to join. One morning, Joseph went into the woods by his house so he could be alone to pray. Then something really special happened. He saw Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ standing above him in the air. Heavenly Father pointed to Jesus and said, Joseph, this is my beloved son, hear him. Joseph asked which church he should join, and Jesus told him to join none of them, because none of them were his true church. They talked with Joseph for a long time, and they taught him lots of other things. God called Joseph Smith to be his prophet. He translated the Book of Mormon from the Golden Plates. He received the priesthood. He built temples. He restored the gospel. He taught other people about the gospel, and he organized the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It wasn't easy for Joseph to obey God. Lots of people got really angry. They wanted him to stop teaching people about the gospel. God told Joseph, Fear not what man can do, for God shall be with you forever and ever. Joseph Smith had great faith, and he loved God more than anything else. He kept bearing his testimony his whole life, and he did everything God asked him to do. So this week we're studying the same scripture that prompted Joseph Smith to pray before he saw Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. So how can we be like Joseph Smith and follow Joseph's example when we face difficult questions? We can pray and turn to Heavenly Father for wisdom. And just like Joseph, Heavenly Father will help us learn the truth if we seek his help. That's right. God will help you when you lack wisdom. Remember when Heavenly Father answered Nephi's prayer of where to go hunt so he could provide food for his family? 
Do you guys also remember when Heavenly Father answered the brother of Jared's prayer about how to build those dish-like boats so they could cross the ocean? There are so many examples of the Lord answering prayers in the scriptures. And I bet you have some examples in your life too. I know that Heavenly Father answers prayers. When my family lived in Germany, we went on a Volksmarch in our village. Volksmarch is where friends and neighbors enjoy time with each other by going on a nature walk together. My parents said that I could walk ahead of the group with one of my friends, and we started out on the long trail. After a few minutes, I could not see anyone in my family. I told my friend that I was going to stay on the trail and wait for them. Soon I could no longer see my friend or her family and my parents still hadn't come. I was all alone in the forest, and I felt scared. I decided to say a prayer that someone would find me. In another part of the forest, my dad felt the Holy Ghost telling him, go look for your son. He felt how much I needed him, so he turned right around and told my mom that he was going to look for me. A few minutes later, my dad came running up the trail where I was waiting and found me. I was so glad to see my dad. When he told me about having a strong feeling that I needed help, I knew that Heavenly Father had answered my prayer. I am so glad to know that wherever I am, I can talk to Heavenly Father. He will help me find my way. It's pretty cool that Joseph Smith began the restoration of the church with a prayer at the age of just 14. Yeah, kids are capable of achieving great things. Nadia Comenci was the first Olympic gymnast to score a perfect 10, and she won Olympic gold at only 14 years old. It's the most amazing thing I ever saw. Jordan Romero climbed Mount Everest when he was only 13. That's amazing. And Lara Decker sailed around the world solo at just 14 years old. Wow. And by age 17, Balumari Ambati had become a medical school graduate and was a doctor. Wow! And while these feats are certainly impressive, Heavenly Father has something even more important for you to do when you're even younger than these amazing kids. Listen to what Sister Tracy Y. Browning, second counselor in the primary general presidency, has taught. Heavenly Father trusts his littlest disciples at eight years old to make covenants with him. Through Jesus Christ, they come to know him intimately, to recognize his voice, and to participate in the work of salvation and exaltation in their own ways. He trusts them, at eight years old, to access priesthood power, to bless their lives and the lives of their families and friends. He does all that because he knows that at eight years old, they are capable of discipleship. Our stewardship is to help strengthen their faith in Jesus Christ and give them opportunities to be doers as well as hearers of his word. That's the next thing we're going to be learning about, how to be doers as well as hearers of the word of God. But before we get to that, let's pause for a hearing game. Mom, since you've been saying how great kids are this episode, let's play kids versus grownups in this hearing game. All right, you guys, so I'm going to play a series of sounds. And if you can hear the sound, I want you all to raise your hands up. Your right hand, you're going to keep it there, all right? Ready? 8,000 hertz. All right. 
All of you can hear that first frequency. Now I'm gonna play another sound at another frequency. If you still hear it, keep your hands up. If you can't, bring your hand down. 10,000 hertz. Okay, we seem to have lost our 60 and over crowd. Let's raise the frequency even more. 14,000 hertz. 16,000 hertz. Okay, at 16,000 hertz, we've lost all of our grown-ups, but we still have our youngest members of the crowd with their hands up. Luke, tell everybody how old you are. Eight. Eight years old. Your fresh ears still can pick up these faint frequencies. I've been cleaning them. <laughs> nice work. Now we're taking it up to 18,000 hertz. You guys ready? The under 18 crowd is intact. 18,000 hertz, that's pretty impressive. Okay, Mom, lay it on us. What does hearing have to do with James writing in the New Testament? Well, let's hear what James had to say about that. So speak ye, and so do. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith, and have not works? Can faith save him? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. But whoso continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So he was saying faith without works is dead. Do you guys remember our store of useless items from a few weeks back? Think of a flashlight without batteries, a pencil without lead, an iPad without a charger, all of these items are useless or dead. Oh, I get it. There is a connection between what we believe and what we do. Yeah, so let's say you walk around and you say, I believe in Jesus. And you read your scriptures and you listen to general conference or church podcasts, but then you're really mean to your little brother. Or you ignore the fact that your mom needs help and you walk right past her when she's busy cleaning. Heavenly Father trusts us at just eight years old to make a baptismal covenant with him to be like Jesus. So we need to be doers of the word and be more like Jesus. Listeners, how can we be doers of the word of God? I was at church and I was listening to the talks. Someone said, a service is service no matter how small. And that gave me an idea. I called it the Service Club. I took paper and a few markers and made invitation cards. Then I cut them out and gave them away. Last Sunday was the first meeting, and we decided to do nice sidewalk chalk messages at the homes of people who needed encouragement. We did that for six families. I feel good that we did the Service Club. I'm glad we did service. The club's motto is, a service is service, no matter how small. Guess what time it is? It's game time! Let's practice being doers of the word and being kind to others. We need you to pick which of the two teams you want to be on. Do you want to be on Team Blue or Team Red? 
Okay, let's flip a coin and see which team gets to go first. Team Red goes first. Okay, roll the dice. You won a six. Nice! Okay, the space you landed on says give someone a high five. Can you do that now? Now it's Blue's turn to roll. Three. The space you landed on says, say one kind of thing you will do for someone this week. Nice. Okay, Red's turn to roll. Four. Your space says, say one way you know Jesus loves you. Blue, you're up. Five. The space you landed on says to give a compliment to someone you're with. So sweet. Okay, Red, give the dice a whirl. Blue. Okay, you landed on. Look outside the window and give somebody your biggest smile and wave. Alrighty, Blue. Red is pretty close to the finish line. Can you catch up? Six. Goodness, if we can do this, we will win. Make a heart shape with your hands and tell someone you love them. Fantastic job, Blue Team. Wait, what's that? You want to give your winning move to the Red Team? Why, of course you can. How sweet of you. Way to be doers of the world. All right, all this talk about being doers of the word and being Christ-like actually goes really perfectly with what James teaches next. He wants us to choose to speak with kindness. Do you guys know Addie and Elsie love to ride horses and they're both really good at it? A horse rider will put a small piece of metal in a horse's mouth. And then through that tiny metal bar, the rider can control that powerful horse's speed and direction. Did you guys know that Isaac loves to fish? And he's also really good at it. When he's standing at the helm, driving the boat, just the smallest movement at the helm can change the entire direction of a powerful boat. The words we say to each other may seem unimportant, but as James testified, they can have a powerful influence for good or bad. Listen to what James taught about speaking kindly. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. So even the little things we say can have big effects, just like a little match can light an entire forest fire. Here's what the First Strength of Youth teaches about our words. 
Make sure your language reflects love of God and others, whether you're communicating in person or virtually. Say things that uplift, nothing that might be divisive, hurtful, or offensive, even as a joke. Your words can be powerful. Let them be powerful for good. Okay, guys, let's set a goal to improve the way we speak to each other. And let's be doers and not hearers of the word only. And remember, you can ask Heavenly Father to help you with these goals. That's all we have for this week. Do you want to be a guest on this podcast? If so, email us at comefollowmekidspodcast at gmail.com and we'll send you an assignment for a future week. Thanks for listening and until next time.